We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to Sermons with Rabbi David Seth Kirchner, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. My news feed, whether it's on social media or through email, is probably a lot like your news feeds, whether it's on social media or email, or even the particular channel that you click. One news feed or one email or one particular channel will say something along the lines of, be prepared. A top expert says, social distancing will stay in place until the year 2037 after these messages. And then you click the channel. You turn to the next feed on Facebook or Instagram. You find a different news source. And within 30 seconds of that scary news of socially distanced for the next 17 years, you see headlines that say something akin to, two top scientists say that we will have a vaccine by this Thursday. Stay tuned for all of the details. So on one hand, there is a news stream telling us it's only going to get worse and we're all going to be hunkered in our home until all of us get shriveled up and die 50 years from now. And then on the other hand, you turn to some other news source or some other piece of information and they tell us, yeah, it's just a few minutes away till there's a vaccine. We're all going to take a pill and we'll all be safe and we'll go back to seeing you at the Yankees game. It reminds me a lot of two kinds of birds in our history. One bird's known as Chicken Little, who tells us the sky is falling. It's only going to get worse out there. And then there's another bird called Mr. Bluebird, sitting on your shoulder, singing zippity-doo-dah, and nothing can bring you down. Well, I'm curious. Which bird is in your house chirping in your ear? Is it Chicken Little? Or is it Mr. Bluebird? Is it someone who brings you down? Or is it someone who's cheering you up? Are you turning into the station that says, we have a vaccine and it's coming out and you'll have it soon? Or do you say that's fake news and turn into something that says, it's only gonna get worse and it's gonna stay worse for a long time? Which part of your persona and your psyche seems to be drawn in more into what kind of news in the simplest and most appreciated form. Is that glass half full or is that glass half empty? For me, I find myself at different days and at different times with a different bird chirping in my ear. Sometimes it depends on the weather. Sometimes it depends on the news. Sometimes it depends on some news I'm getting in my own personal or social circuit. 
but I will hear something that just buoys my spirits, give me a little spring in my step. Maybe it's someone who was on a ventilator for three weeks and just got off and was moved from ICU to a private room, which indeed has happened to a family member from someone in our congregation. And that gave me such a sense of hope and optimism that I literally wanted to dance and cry at the same time as I have followed this journey for too long. And I felt so optimistic. And then I hear a case of someone who I'm even related to, close to, whose loved one has contracted this terrible disease and it is pulling the life right out of his body. And it brings me down and I become chicken little. And I put the mask on around my face tighter. I put a second set of gloves on and I refuse to even go out to pick up the newspaper. Sometimes this notion of worry and this notion of hope, they compete with each other for airtime. They compete with each other to see who is going to have more control of our body. For those of you who are old enough to remember the movie Animal House, and I'm glad that the kids can't, it's that scene of the cherub and the angel sitting on our shoulder telling us how to behave, what it is that we should do. For me, what I try to be as best as I can is realistically optimistic, which is a little blend of Chicken Little, but a healthy dose of Mr. Bluebird. I don't think we're gonna have a vaccine on Thursday, but I also don't think we're gonna to have to stay socially distant until 2037. But I worry, I worry about these two feelings that so many of us have and how polar they are and how indeed they fight with each other. I was on a call recently with some social health and mental wellness experts. It was a Zoom call, and there were about 100 of us on the call. And they used the capability of taking polling to ask us questions. And I was fascinated by one poll so much so that I took a screenshot so that I could share it with you this Shabbat. So on this recent call, they asked, what was the biggest emotion that people were feeling during the pandemic? 87 people, 87% of the people on the call said the biggest emotion they were feeling was stress and worry. And 85% of the people said the second biggest emotion they were feeling was gratitude. Now, if you think about it, stress and worry and gratitude go together like ice cream and onions. They don't really jive. But I bet you here and you there feel and resonate with that sentence. You feel some stress and worry and anxiety, and you're also feeling an incredible sense of blessing and gratitude. Will life go back to normal? Will this synagogue fill up in the next 18, 24, 36 months with people and souls and be a source of life for people? Will we have bar mitzvahs that seem more regular than what we're having now? Will we have weddings again? Can loved ones come to funerals in the future? This is reason for us to worry. This is what I stay up at night about. 
But at the same time, I and you and so many people have shelter. We have electricity. We have water. We have internet. We have technology. Many of us, thank God, are still getting some form of income. We're able to buy groceries. This is a moment that defibrillates us and reminds us of our blessing. And there in that very paragraph is Mr. Bluebird and Chicken Little really chirping at each other. Maimonides, the great philosopher, rabbi, and physician, he wrote in his book, Hilchot Deot, in his book, its compendium of Jewish law, and laws on how we're supposed to behave. And what he tells us is, derech benonit hi haderech hanechona, that the path that we should aim to be on is a middle path. Maimonides says we shouldn't be people who get angry too quickly, and we shouldn't be people who never get angry even at things that should really anger us. We shouldn't be people that take law and Judaism with no regard, and we shouldn't be people who only think about Judaism and law and nothing else. What Maimonides tells us to do is to find a sense of balance, to get on that seesaw and to teeter in a way that we can find that balance. And if any of you have ever been on a seesaw before, especially the older you get, it's hard to just jump on and find a perfect balance. Sometimes we lean to one side. Sometimes we lean to the other. Sometimes we're jostling back and forth. And if we stick with the metaphor, all that is is the power of Chicken Little and Mr. Bluebird chirping in our ear and leaning in one way or the other. But there are moments, moments where we find that sense of cadence and balance between the two. And we are at some level of equilibrium where we can be worried where we can be anxious and we can be hopeful and we can be optimistic at the same time. And when those are mixed together in the right concoction with the right percentage, then it gives us a sense of what I call an optimistic reality. And frankly, I would tell all of you that should we hear those two birds in our ears, we should listen clearly to both of them. But if we have to lean towards one bird more, if we have to aim that seesaw towards one of those voices more, I would encourage all of you to give our deference to Mr. Bluebird. Because hope springs eternal, and hope is essential. Could you imagine what would be if those who were in the ghetto didn't have hope? If those who were in Maidanic or in Auschwitz didn't have hope? Could you imagine if Ben-Gurion or Golda didn't have hope? Or Yitzhak Rabin didn't have hope? Hope is our anthem. Literally, Hatikva. Hope has always buoyed us from the lowest parts of our world to the highest possibilities. Hope has been much louder and much stronger always than those forces and weights that try to pull us down. 
It doesn't mean they don't exist. It doesn't mean we jettison them. It means that we give more strength and weight to that bird of Mr. Bluebird than to that bird of Chicken Little. We're all trying to find a path. We're all trying to find a way to navigate through terrain that is uncharted, through waters that have never been ever on vessel before. And there are waves and there are riptides and we are all in this together. But let us look as Maimonides directed us for that middle path, that derech benonit, that sense of realistic optimism. Let us lead a little bit more heavier towards Mr. Bluebird, towards that sense of light, towards that sense of hope. And as we go through this path, may it clear a path for others behind us. And may we realize the strength we gain and our hope for today and our shared hope for tomorrow. Shabbat Shalom, everyone.